spurred the Assyrians' advancement and has since made it much easier for people to study them. The Assyrians' development of writing allows current historians to read about the empire's affairs, but it also allowed the Assyrians themselves the ability to document their own history. The Assyrians' idea of history was essentially the same as that of their Babylonian neighbors to the south and involved ideas such as destiny that were manifested in the past and projected forward into the future. As such, the Assyrians' view of history was fundamentally different than the modern view. Modern notions of history are largely derived from the ancient Greeks, who believed that history should be written as a narrative and serve to teach those who read it. Modern views of history are largely divorced from ideas such as divine intervention, but to the Assyrians it was the divine that made history, and as a result they believed mortal failures were the result of not following divine law. In other words, history to the Assyrians was a theocratic history. Despite Assyrian historiography's long and apparently unchanging background from early Mesopotamian origins, the Middle Assyrian period witnessed a major change in Assyrian historiography. During the reign of Tiglath-Pileser I, the Assyrians began to write royal annals which consisted of chronologically detailed accounts of military expeditions and royal hunts. The manner and context in which these annals were first composed is unknown, but it is possible these reports were initially meant to be letters from the kings to their gods. The annals were incredibly specific in regards to geographic locales and ethnic groups affected by military campaigns, and they also graphically depicted the brutal nature of Assyrian warfare. The location where many of these annals were located and subsequently discovered was in the library of King Ashurbanipal, 668-631 BCE. Over 5,000 cuneiform documents, which detailed affairs of the state and historical annals, were recovered from the ruins of Ashurbanipal's library. The discovery proved yet again that the Assyrians, far from simply being bloodthirsty warriors, placed a premium on literature and history. The Assyrian historical annals may have been the most interesting and entertaining form of Assyrian documents but the royal king lists have helped modern scholars accurately recreate Assyrian chronology. The Assyrians, like the Babylonians to the south and the Egyptians to the west, kept records of all their kings in what are known today as king lists. King lists could be as simple as an ordered listing of all kings, or they could include such things as length of reign and other important facts. At this point, three Assyrian king lists are known to exist. One list ends in 935 BCE, while the other two end in 745 and 722 BCE. Old Assyrian Culture In its earliest phase, the city of Asher, and therefore Assyria itself, consisted of no more than the city and its immediate environment. While people are familiar with Assyria and the Assyrians, the city's name itself is interesting, and a point of scholarly debate, because it is also the name of the primary Assyrian god. It is probable that in archaic times the locals attributed divine attributes to a rocky outcrop named Asher above the Tigris River, which is where the city then got its name. Whether the god or the city actually came first may never be known for sure, but the city developed into a substantial state around the year 2000 BCE. And as Asher developed and grew, it was eventually conquered by a king from southern Mesopotamia, 
who initiated a long series of royal connections between Asher and Babylon that would last for centuries. The Babylonian conqueror of Asher was named Shamsi Adad, circa 1813 to 1781 BCE, and although he was from Babylon and an ethnic Amorite, he was accepted by the Assyrians and placed in their list of kings. In fact, Shamsi Adad was the first Assyrian king to take the title Sharam, king, which set the precedent for all of his successors. The Assyrians recognized Shamsi Adad as their first king, but interestingly they also recognized his Babylonian origin. Shamsi Adad, the son of Elu Kabkabi, went away to Babylonia in the time of Naram Sin. In the eponymy of Ibni Adad, Shamsi Adad came back from Babylonia. He seized Akalate. He stayed in Akalate for three years. In the eponymy of Adamar Ishtar, Shamsi Adad came up from Akalate and removed Ereshu, son of Naram Sin, from the throne. Inscriptions from the